Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Monday Morning Podcast from Monday, June 8th, 2020. What's going on? How are ya? How you guys doing? How you holding up? You doing all right? You uh, staying off the social media there? You're not watching the news? I hope you are. I hope you're staying off it. You watch too much of it. It gets you in your brain. It starts to eat away at your brain. And next thing you know, you're out there riding on your bicycle, attacking a couple of fucking 13-year-old chicks and a little, I don't know, some teenage boy for hanging up signs in a park. <laughs> oh, do I want to make fun of that guy? I want to make fun of that guy, but I can't. You know, I am that guy. I wouldn't do that to those kids, but I do that. I just did it to a smoke detector. You know, I just screamed, I got it, you fucking cunt at a smoke detector that would not stop beeping. And I tried everything. I took the battery out. I changed the battery. I hit the reset button. I held it down for 10 seconds. I held it down for 15 seconds. I held it down for 10 seconds and then hit it again. I held it down for 15 to 20 seconds and then hit it again. I took the whole fucking thing off, unplugged it. It was still beeping. I went, I went down to the fucking fuse box and shut off the power in that fucking room because I wanted to do my podcast in that room so I wouldn't be too loud and wake up the kids, right? And it still would not stop fucking beeping. I literally, I just had to call a fucking repairman to come over here because I got, I got some press to do this week. Oh, Billy Hollywood. Oh, Billy Hollywood. Okay. Here's from the guy right here. He suspects it's an old smoke detector that needs to be replaced. If you can send a photo or if they can try to pick up a replacement. Oh, for fuck's sakes. I'm not out there, you mothers. Uh, the fuck was the name of the thing? Some sort of fast alert. The fuck was it called? Oh, and I went into fucking chat rooms and I was talking to robots that were acting like they were people. And then they told me if I gave them a dollar, like some fucking stripper, they'd tell me what I needed to do. Fucking unbelievable. Come on. Where the hell is it? Smoke flash alert. All right. I'll write this to him. It's a flash alert smoke detector. Oh, man, I was yelling at this fucking thing. I was yelling at it. Now I got to try to find a fucking picture of one. Jesus fucking, can you send a picture of it? What did I say, fast alert? Is that what I just said? Anyway, I have a big week this week. Um... So I need to use my fucking office to do the, to the, the Zoom room chats, whatever you call it. And uh, there it is. There it is. Miss America. All right. Let's see if I can take a fucking screenshot. Is, is this technically even a fucking podcast anymore? Is it you guys listening to me ordering a fucking new smoke detector? Oh, come on. Why won't you? Why won't you? Why won't you? Why? Well, of course, of course. Why would, why would you let me take a fucking picture of it, you cunt? There it is. All right. See that? I always think there's no solution immediately. Immediately is my first thought. There's no solution. Nobody's going to hear me. I don't feel loved. I act like a big fucking baby over, over, over absolutely nothing. Um, there we go.
All right, all taken care of. Yeah, so I fucking flipped out on this. I flipped out on this thing. I made that guy in the bicycle look like a sane human being. That poor bastard. I, you know, he's 60 years old, okay? He's set in his ways, okay? He likes the America he grew up in, okay, where a cop can put his knee on the neck of somebody who isn't white until they die, and it's not murder. It's called good police work. Um, nine minutes, by the way. Every time I hear more details on that fucking thing. How fascinating is it that people are still arguing that what that cop did wasn't wrong? You know? It's just like, all right, let's say you, your, your brother had a counterfeit $20 bill or whatever the fuck this guy was charged with. And let's say he was a problem when they tried to arrest him. Once they have him face down and he's handcuffed behind his fucking back and the guy's got his knee on the back of his neck, all right, he gave him the business a little bit. And the guy's like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. You let him up. Certainly when he stopped, he's asking for his mother and then stops making any noise for a full three minutes. That guy just straight up fucking murdered that guy and is a monster. And I find it hard to believe that anybody who was with him didn't know exactly what the fuck he was doing. I don't know shit about the anatomy or how the body works, but I know when you do something like that, if the guy stopped talking, you'd be, hey, let him up, let him up, it's over. Um, yeah, and I also know that not all cops are like that. Most cops are not like that. So this is not a cop thing. This is a that guy thing and the guys that he was with. You need to get them out of there because what cops do when they do the job right is fucking, they're heroes. You got some lunatic coming into your fucking house. They come in to get the guy out. Do you want to do that job? I don't want to fucking do that job. I don't pull somebody over at four o'clock in the fucking morning and get worried about getting run over by an 18 wheeler. Forget about what the fuck this guy has in his car. So, you know, you just got to get the bad guys out of there. They can't, they have to be held accountable. You cannot have people because they have a fucking badge walking around just fucking murdering people. So anyway, let's get back to old fat. So on the bike, which I don't think he's that fat because he's 60 years old. Although I will tell you, like Madonna, he's way too old to be wearing those clothes. (laughs) At some point, people, you got to dress your age. All right? You got to put on something. People do not need to know how much exactly how many pounds you need to lose. Okay? Okay, there's a reason for fat shaming. Okay, nobody wants to look at it. You cover up your roles. Um, Yeah, I just think that that guy is just watched. But he's also in Bethesda, Maryland. So he's right outside of D.C. So he might have he might be uh, some lobbyist. I have no idea. I think he's just too close to the game. You know what I mean? It's like if if you ever go to sit, if you ever like film something that you made right in my the world that I'm in, you write a script and then you do it. It always looks like it sucks. You know, you just like, you can never, you can't gauge it. Cause you have, you can't just watch it. Cause you knew everything that happened that day, everything that's on the cutting room floor, all that you can't like objective, objectively look at it. And I think people who just watch too much news, social media, or if they, they work in politics, I think just after a while, you just get fucking jaded. Like last night, I was watching my, my, my new favorite show there, that one with Amanda Pete and uh, Christian Slater there. For some reason, it's got the weirdest fucking name ever. I think it's, it's something, it's like Dirty James Betty or something. I mean, I've watched a bunch of episodes. I still don't know the name of the fucking show, but I can tell you this, Amanda Pete's one of the best actors I've ever fucking seen. Um, 
How did that pertain to what the fuck I was just talking about? Um, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I was trying to say. There was a thought there. There was a thought, and it went away. So anyway, I, I got such a fucking kick out of watching that fucking guy on that bicycle. He did everything but growl at those kids, you know? The other kid, Jesus Christ, the last kid, the guy, he should have done something, you know what I mean? But then it's like a fucking 60-year-old guy. What are you supposed to do? You know? You know what you do. Pedro Martinez showed you what you do when someone of a certain age comes at you. You back up, you put your hands up, you say you don't want to do it, and at the last second, if he keeps coming at you, you got to grab him by his big old pumpkin head and just send him down to the grass. There was plenty of ferns and fucking bushes there for this guy to land in. That's what he should have done. Um, you know, and as much as everybody's coming down on this guy on the bicycle, I got to be honest with you, I, j- I don't think that that last kid was raised right. He didn't defend those girls' honor, and he allowed this old guy to fucking run him over. And, you know, it's like at some point you got to be the young lion that's going to be taking over the pride. Okay. And this guy had plenty of white hair and whatever was left of his fucking lion's mane. And this kid just, he just didn't get the job done. That's what it is. And I know we live in an era now we handle everybody with like little fucking velvet gloves and you tell everybody, well, you know, the fact that you were there just voicing your disapproval was enough. It really wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. The guy is coming at you. He's 60 years old. He's got those stupid fucking, I ride a fucking Tour de France bike shoes on. You know the dumb ones where your fucking feet lock into the pedals? What kind of a fucking asshole who's not in a bike race puts those things on? I'll tell you what kind of a fucking asshole. The same kind of a fucking asshole that goes to a sporting event and is wearing almost an entire jersey, like some fucking jerk-off that goes to a football game. He's got everything on but the fucking helmet. Um, I get it. You're riding a bicycle. I, I still do not understand why you can't ride a bike with sweatpants and a T-shirt. I know you can, but, like, where did that go? That, okay, now I'm working out. Everybody who fucking works out now, they got, you got to dress like a fucking X-Man. from some fucking Spider-Man suit on. Does that help you lift better? You can, can you pick up more weight? Is that what it is? Everybody walking around with the fucking sports bra, your fucking stomach out, <laughs> fucking tight ass shorts up your ass. You making a porno or are you working out? It's their fucking bodies. Just say fucking what? Do you know I mean fucking broken toes are there in gyms every year because somebody drops a fucking dumbbell on their foot because they're too busy looking at the fucking tits and ass walking by. Fucking Wonder Woman wore more clothes than half these broads who go to the fucking goddamn gym, and now the guys are following suit. You saw that fucking marshmallow? He had no business wearing those fucking clothes. But anyway. Getting back to what I was saying, it was that that fucking dude in the end should have taken him. You heard of the guy clip-clopping like some fucking horse that lost a shoe? Coming at him, gritting his fucking teeth. I mean, that guy right there, that guy, imagine that guy if he was a fucking cop. <laughs> Jesus Christ, control your fucking emotions. Um, from the guy who fucking called a smoke detector a cunt today. I did that. I did that. Bill Burr, father of two, you know, experiencing the miracle for the second time, being at home, just, you know, and you know, if you saw what I did this morning, 
the fact that what I did this morning and, and calling a smoke detector a fucking cunt can actually happen on the fucking same day is just, you know, it's really a testament to why none of you should be listening to this fucking podcast unless you're just doing it because you want to feel better about yourselves. This morning, I had to take my lovely wife and, and my son over to the doctor and make sure everything was all right, which we did. And then afterwards, my wife told me that she was hungry. So we hit this burger stand. One of our favorite burger stands in L.A., right? Just absolutely delicious. And we were just sitting there afterwards. And uh, we were eating these burgers, right? And the guy in front of me, Opid, popped his trunk and was sitting in his trunk with his legs hanging out, eating the burger. It was hilarious. And he saw me looking at him. He laughed and I laughed. It was like, you know, because they got all the fucking table, the picnic tables and shit are roped off with the police tape. You can't sit there, right? So I brought the burgers over and I just sat in the car, you know. My son was, you know, I just, you know, breastfed and all that. So he was full and he was sleeping. We were just sitting in the car eating burgers, fries. And I had a Fanta orange and it just took me back to when I was a kid because I was thinking like, this is what my parents used to do. Like, and, and this is perfect is we used to go out and we drive around or whatever. Then we would go to McDonald's or some shit like that. You get all the kids got a cheeseburger, small fry, chocolate shake was the same order for all my siblings. And then they got, uh, and it was two Big Macs, two large fries, two large Cokes. And we would just sit there and eat it. It was like the fucking best. It was the best. And I was sitting there. Today, it took me back to that, the early 70s, early to mid-70s when I was, you know, I guess five, six years old maybe. And uh, just all the neighborhoods, like kids just were outside playing, riding bikes, being jealous of this kid's bike down the street. He had the fucking Apollo five speed and me and my older brother just like were so envious of it. It looked like a fucking motorcycle. And we had the, uh, look that up, Apollo five speed. It had like the fatter back tire, the skinnier front tire looked like a chopper, right? Um, it was just a cool, it had the fucking shifter on it and stuff. It was just the coolest fucking bike. We just had regular coaster bikes and, um, you know, it was just dogs running around. None of them on leash leashes and shit you know this is before like to catch a predator just fucking scared the shit out of everybody it just took me back to that simple fucking time and i was just like this is it this is what it's all about i spent all these years why have i gone to ten thousand airports in my fucking life trying to find fulfillment and we have a very full flight We'd like to welcome our diamond medallion members. Like why my life? So much of it has been that. Um, when all you need to do is find love and have a couple of kids and get a burger. And that's just the coolest fucking thing you could ever fucking do. And I, and I felt that and I knew it and I understood it. And I was just like, yeah, this is what life is all about. And within an hour of that, I was screaming at a smoke detector, calling it a cunt. Um, <laughs> and right there, you, you start to understand what it's like for my poor wife to live with me. I mean, you have no idea what's going to... I mean, is it going to be like fucking a Disney movie tonight? Or are we going to be watching the fucking Manson murders? Uh, you know, and I try to hide behind labels. Oh, I'm passionate. 
You know, I, I, I care too much. Fucking lunatic. I yelled, I got it, you fucking cunt. At a goddamn smoke detector. Right? That's who I am. So considering that's who I am, where the fuck do I get off making fun of fucking Donald Trump the way I have been lately? You know? I don't know. You know what it really is with that guy? It's not the politics as much as it's, I just don't like bullies. I just don't like bullies. I just remember all the way back to when they were kicking, somebody started heckling during a speech, you know what I mean? And uh, which never works because they always toss the person out, then that's it. So as they were kicking him out, he's like, yeah, get him out of here. Then he goes, take his coat, take his coat. You know, and it's just like, he was like yelling like he was doing it. It's like, you have security. They're, they're, they're handling your fight for you. Stop acting like you're tough, you know? And then I got to tell you, one of the lowest fucking moments ever is like during the middle of all of these protests, which are totally just, and I think are going to be, really be a positive thing for everybody. Um, and he, he hides in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> and then tweets about it. He's so fucking self-involved, he thought people were going to care. Like, oh, no, he turned the lights off. It just reminds me like that asshole on Halloween who doesn't want to fucking participate and just shuts the lights off and doesn't give out any candy whatsoever. Um, you know, bizarre, bizarre human being. I don't give a fuck about anybody else in his cabinet. I have no problem with any of them. I don't know shit about politics, but like that type of shit, I just equate it to sports. The chips are down. Do you fucking man up and drive the team down the field? You know? Or do you start going Ryan Leaf and start screaming at reporters? Uh, I love when he was trying to sign that document, too. Um, and the, the woman in the press was asking questions, and he, and he shushed her. And then he asked, she, of course, asks a question that he can't answer. He can't answer any question. It doesn't stop him from answering. And he just goes, you know, you're really something else. You know that? <laughs> It's like, what does that even mean? Um, So anyway, uh, I don't have a problem with a Republican president. You know, if that happens in November, I just don't want it to be that guy. You know what I mean? And I just wish the fucking Democrats could give you a goddamn choice as opposed to this fucking guy. I I, I just feel like he should be out bird watching or something. Is that what this country needs? You know, fucking two 80-year-old guys going at it. Oh, man. I will tell you, one of the great photo ops I've ever seen is him standing there with a scowl on his face holding a fucking Bible up in front of a church. I don't even know what the... There's some Jesus freaks out there. Can you tell me what the fuck that even meant? I have no idea. What did that even mean? It was fucking bizarre. It felt like the beginning of like one of those... When I first got cable, like one of those movies like The Dead Zone or The Omen, like... Like they would have like the guy playing the president. The birds are away, gentlemen, you know, Martin Sheen. Just doing this crazy fucking behavior. Like the big thing where you'd be like, oh my God, can you imagine the person in power is just fucking nuts? You know, not saying that the people uh, that we've had before him haven't all been their own sort of brand of crazy slash war criminals, like the last two or three of them. You know what I mean? I mean, you get caught getting a blowjob so you bomb another country. I mean, that's that's kind of... uh, you know, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine brushing your teeth thinking about that fucking 20 years later? I don't know why I did that. That's going to be an awkward conversation at some point. Um, anyway, 
But uh, I think um, I'm actually very positive about all of this stuff. I think something really good is going to come out of, uh, I think it was great that the protesters went to white neighborhoods and they didn't do any fucking damage. And I have the ability to separate protesters from looters. They're not the same fucking people anymore than if you just look at, you know, some middle-aged white guy and you, oh, he, he supports Trump. It's like not everybody supports him. Not everybody supports Obama. There's all different kinds of fucking people. And I think, um, yeah, and I don't think all cops are bad. I just think there's like a whatever, whatever the percentage is, just get those people out and let's try some sort of different approach. You know, like I said, you get a guy face down, he's handcuffed. It's a wrap. It's over. He's no longer a fucking threat. It has to stop there. But like, I don't think stopping there endangers any police officer's life because I'm trying to, you know, the little I know about that job, it's a fucking unbelievably dangerous fucking job um, that I think is easy to criticize. But sometimes there are situations where they're in the wrong and this was one of them. So I hope that they fix it. There you go. How was that? Was that nice enough for everybody? Um, that's not going to cause you to get on your bicycle and fucking dress like Greg LeMond and fucking <laughs> run after a couple of preteens. <laughs> oh, God. Even if you agree with him, if you're his friend, what do you say? What do you say? Depends on what he says. You know, when you go down to bail him out or whatever, if he was just down like, yeah, you know, I let my emotions get the best of me. My fucking shorts were too tight. And I just fucking, I, I lost it. Felt like I couldn't breathe with my fucking, my compression suit, you know, that I was wearing. I don't know. I just sort of, I had that helmet on. I felt like a superhero. It was hard to run on my fucking bicycle clogs. If he comes out like that, then you're going to be like, all right, man, you had a bad one. I yelled at a smoke detector. You ripped some paper out. I mean, because let's be honest, like when you talk about assault, he just basically tore the paper out of her fucking hand. I mean, you know, did he really hurt somebody? I'm sure he scared him. I mean, he can't have people doing that, but let's, let's take it down a little bit. He assaulted a 13-year-old. That's really broad, you know? Um, my mother assaulted all of us. I can tell you, I had an old school. My mother, yeah. She, oh, let me tell you my mother. Yeah, she fucking, yeah. And you know what? We deserved it. And I don't feel like I'm institutionalized either. When I go back and I think of some of the fucking shit that we were doing. Yeah, I told you this shit, right? My dad was in a fraternity and he saved the paddle. So she used to use that on us and she would just line us all up. <laughs> and I remember her mom hit me with a wooden spoon. I got my, I got my forearm up and it fucking broke. Uh, before it hit me in the head, but it's just like, that's just what was done. It, what is, it was what was done. There was no self-help. You know, there was polio. There was the Great Depression. This is what all my ancestors came up from. There wasn't time. You need, well, if there was problems, you, you had to fucking you had to nip it in the bud or nip it in the butt. What is that expression? Is it nip it in the butt or in the bud? Never know if it's like a flower or like, like fucking uh, kick its ass. Nip... It in the, it is bud, origin. All right, nip something in the bud means to stop it in an early stage of its development. Oh, before it can mature. The phrase first appeared in print, as far as we know, in the late 16th century with bloom, bloom standing, for, uh, standing in for bud. All right. 
Nip it in the bud or the butt. Incorrect version is nip it in the butt. Uh, okay. There's another one that I, I said wrong for a long fucking time. I just can't remember what the hell it was. Uh, basically, I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? Okay. And I did do a smoke alarm, what that fatty did to the fucking... I don't even think he's that fat for a 60-year-old. You know? I would love to have that guy on this podcast and just be like, dude, you know, you want to, let's go back and forth and just, let's just trade stories about losing your temper and then doing or saying things that you wish you could take back, you know, and just have like a competition. I bet I could hang with that guy for at least 90 minutes. Um, I got to tell you that, that is pretty crazy though. To get off your bike. I mean, I would, he must've been on his bike thinking about that shit thinking about it or maybe he just lost an argument about that topic i mean that fucking guy he went in 60 years old i mean say what you want about him assaulting teenage girls all right if you take that off the table you you, you got to admire the guy's fire i want to know what supplement he's using you know i barely give a shit about anything and i'm only i'm gonna be 52 on wednesday this guy's fuck that guy's only eight years older than me <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm talking about him like he's old man winter. The guy could be my fucking older brother. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, I would like to think that by the time I'm 60, I like people hanging up pieces of paper in a park wouldn't bug me. Now, if they were taking them down and throwing them around, that would bug me. But I still wouldn't stop. I just muttered to myself, fucking cocksucking motherfuckers. Um, anyways, I just, I don't know. This is my deal. I, I, I'm not into politics. I just fucking hate bullies. I just, I can't stand that shit. I've been guilty of it, okay, before you start fucking pointing out my shortcomings. I know I've done it. I just fucking, uh, I I don't like that shit. All right, CBD, CBDMD. One of my favorite things to say, CBDMD. As a leader in the CBD industry, CBDMD. Charlie, Bravo, Delta, Mike, Delta is committed to providing you with high-quality THC-free CBD oil products. Uh, I'm already in. I don't even know what this stuff does. Uh, whether you're gunning for a raise or an Olympic gold medal, you need to stay at the top of your game. Everyone from weekend warriors to pros like Bubba Watson. I love Bubba Watson. He bought the General Lee after he won the Masters. How can you hate that guy? Steve Smith Sr. Uh, and Jorge Mas- Masvidal. I don't know. Steve Smith, is he a wide receiver? Jorge Masvidal, what does he do? Is he a motorcycle racer? Boxer? Huh? How come you didn't get scientist? Hang on a second. Let me look this up here. Because there's no famous scientists anymore? Maybe that's why? Back in the day, man, you could get some ass curing a disease, right? Because they named it after you. But now all these scientists, everything, you know, they sign these contracts Oh, fuck, that's that guy from the UFC. Oh, my God, with that flying knee. Oh, my God, he redefined the right there, Fred. Jesus Christ, is that guy a good fighter? One of the most dangerous fucking dudes you're ever going to run into. Um, by the way, did anybody, anybody watch the uh, UFC this past weekend? I watched it. I watched it. That was, that was a hard fight to watch. 
with what's her face there. Why can't I remember anybody's fucking name? She's the greatest fucking female fighter ever. She's beat everybody and knocked them out, as Joe Rogan said. Beat all the best and knocked them out. What the fuck is her name? UFC. Oh, there's another one. This week? UFC 250. That was the one that I watched. Ah, oh, for fuck's sakes. Amanda Nunez fought Felicia Spencer, and I watched that fight. And that was just like one of those ones where I was just like, uh, is somebody going to stop this fight? Because she just, what the fuck am I doing here? This is supposed to be an ad read. Everyone from Weekend Warriors, like pros like Bubba Watson, Steve Smith Sr., and Jorge Masvidal. Jesus, everybody, you don't want to mispronounce that name. Uh, trust CBDMD to give them the natural support and relief they need to reach their goals. And with so many world-class professional athletes turning to CBDMD, you can be sure you're getting a safe, clean product from what the fuck? Tinctures, T-I-N-C-T-U-R-E-S to topicals. Jesus Christ. How the fuck am I going to get through this copy if I'm going to be this dumb? T I N C T. U-R-E, pro pronunciation. Here we go. Oh, come on, come on. Where is it? Where is it? Say it. Tincture. Tincture. Teacher? Tincture. Tincture. How do you like your tincture this grade? Um, tincture, what the fuck is it? Tincture. I'm going to start this read over again. What is it? What is it? Cannabis tinctures 101. How to make, how to consume. What is a tincture? How does it work? Medication made by dissolving cannabis in alcohol, also known as golden or green dragon tincture. Wow. All right, let's, t- let's do take two, all right? All right, let's pretend you didn't hear that whole first read. All right, everybody, it's time for the uh, take two. It's time for the podcast reads, everybody. CBDMD. As a leader in the CBD industry, CBDMD is committed to providing you with high-quality THC-free CBD oil products. Whether you're gunning for a raise or an Olympic gold medal, you need to stay at the top of your game. Everyone from weekend warriors to pros like Bubba Watson, Steve Smith, and UFC great Jorge Masvidal trust CBDMD to give them the natural support and relief they need to reach their goals. And with so many world-class professional athletes turning to CBDMD, you can be sure you're getting safe, clean, uh, a safe, clean product from tinctures to topicals to bath bombs and even pet products. They've got something for you. Talk about your personal experience with our products. Oh, I rub it on my shoulder. Makes it feel great. And uh, it's actually, I think, why I'm finally turning the corner with my rotator cuff injury. Uh, to make it even easier to discover the potential of CBD for yourself, CBDMD is offering my listeners 20% off your purchases, purchases when you or purchase when you use the promo code BURR, B-U-R-R, at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code BURR for 2% off your order of premium CBD oil products from CBDMD. All right. Policy genius. You know, people, with everything going on right now, a lot of people are asking if it's even possible to buy life insurance at all. The short-term answer is yes. You can buy life insurance during a pandemic. And if you have loved ones depending on your income, you probably should. 
as an insurance marketplace, Policy Genius. What? As an insurance marketplace, Policy Genius is in contact with life insurance companies on their platform every day. They're, they're keeping track of all the changes in the market so you don't have to, which means they can get you covered quickly and for the best price. Here's how it works Policy Genius compares quotes from the top life insurance companies in one place. It takes just a few minutes to compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. This doesn't just save a lot of legwork. You could also save 1500 bucks or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for free. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they'll be there to take care of everything. Um, so if you're one of the many people looking to buy life insurance right now, but you're not sure where to start, head over to policygenius.com. Policy Genius will help find you the best rate and handle the process completely. They'll get to you and your, they'll get you and your family protected and hopefully give you one less thing to worry about. All right, there we go. See that? How, how much better was that second read? Wasn't it a lot better? I like to think it was a lot better. All right, now I'm going to get trashed by all these people because I said I was going to change a couple of outlets in my house. Mm. Okay, electricity. All right. Do not do your own electrical work, you moron. Period. Okay, thanks for the tip. Here's another tip for electric outlets. Hey, Bill, uh, this is a pretty bare-bones email, so I'll just get right to the point. When you replace an outlet, you have to be careful which direction you twist the wire. The goal is to twist the wire in the direction that the screws twist when tightening. If you're looking at the back of the outlet, you want to twist the right side down and twist the right side up. That doesn't make sense. The right side down and the right side up. This way, when you're starting, you start tightening the screw, the twist in the wire doesn't start coming undone. It's a small tip that can help you out tremendously. Thanks, for the MMP and congratulations on kid number two. Thank you. Um, I, 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 I'm thankful for both of those. To be honest with you, I don't think I'm going to do the outlets only because if I were to ever cause a fire, God for fucking bid, um, even if we did get out of the house from the relentless smoke detectors, it probably then wouldn't work. Um, I'd burn down my fucking house and they, they would find, they would somehow, I don't know how firemen do this. You know, they always find the cause of the fucking fire. It's like, isn't like what caused the fire on fire? Wasn't that the beginning of the fire? So it would have been on the, on fire the most. Like, how come my bedroom doesn't exist anymore, but you can find this fucking outlet and the fact that it wasn't wired properly? You know? They always fucking find what it is. And I get that different things burn differently, Right? Like, obviously, a piece of paper is going to be totally gone. Whereas something that's metal or something like that might just be all charred up and shit like that. But, uh, you know, you can't start a fire with something that isn't flammable. If you just take one match and then you put it on a piece of paper and then stick it underneath some shit that's already there that's flammable. How do they know it's... And then you take the match and walk away. How do they find it? They, they, They figure it out. What are you rooting against them, Bill? I don't know what I'm saying. All right. Tip for electric outlets. I just did that. Um, I would love to do it because I have like five or six outlets that are just, you know, 
one works good and the other one doesn't. And I'm just fucking sick of it. So you know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to buy all the outlets and then I'm just going to have an electrician do it. All right. So everybody can fucking relax. And then once again, I'll pay for something that I probably could have done by myself. All right. Bankers, uh, dear Billy banker cunt. I'm a 21 year old college student majoring in finance, or as you would say, future banker cunt. Yes, I don't think you're a cunt yet, but you, what's going to happen is you're going to get involved in that game and you either play ball or you get whacked. Uh, when you ran about greedy bankers, who at the banks are you referring to? Tellers, security, IT, board members? And is it all banks? Are there any in particular you aren't a fan of? I think banks are great. They loan money to students for college, small businesses, and make homes and car purchases possible. Without banks, this stuff wouldn't be possible for people with pockets not as deep as yours. (laughs) Money you have rightfully earned. Average American can't write a check for that stuff. I know you complain about interest rates being too high. Interest is determined on how likely the person taking the loan will be able to pay back the loan. Pay the loan back. More risk to the bank means higher interest. Just like with any investment you and I make, we want more reward for more risk we take. Doesn't this kid just sound like a college student? You're basically explaining banking to me that if it's done properly, this is how it works. Uh, at any point during this email, are you going to allude to what the fuck they did for over 40 to 50 years to gradually get themselves completely deregulated? So we had what happened in 2008 and the, the fucking bubble that they're now creating again with these fucking high rise luxury apartments. That's all of our money. What about that? What about the fact that back in the day when they were regulated, I forget what it was, but if you, if you deposited $1,000 in, they were only able to loan out like 30% on 1000 or something like that. It was a responsible number. And then they just kept going after these politicians and paying them off. And then eventually, not only could they loan out the entire 1000 they could loan off another $1,000 to two other people. So off your grand, they could loan out three grand. So they basically counterfeited two grand that's not even there. And then you combine it with the fact that they then had these new rules that made people who weren't qualified to get homes to get homes, which then drove up the prices of the fucking houses. You had what happened in 2008. That's why I think they're cunts. And then after they fucked everybody over and old people who thought they had their, their savings, the money that they earned, then had to spend the rest of their life fucking, you know, eating dog food. And these fucking cunts at AIG then say that, you know, hey, we're too big to fail. Bail us out. And then we had to bail them out with money that we now pay interest on. That's why they're cunts. Okay? You just sitting here explaining to me how in a perfect world you know, banking operates. I understand that. All right. Lastly, he says, if you keep your entire life savings in a cash, in cash, in a bank, you are an idiot. Up to $250,000 is federally insured per bank account. That money should be with a wealth management company so the money can grow and be safe. Thanks for listening. Go fuck yourself. Well, listen, buddy, I will, I will chalk this up to the fact that you're a young person. And what you'll quickly realize is that how the game works is they have is you're going to put your money in play or they're going to take it. And then when you put it in play, you're going to be exposed. 
and they're going to take it that way. That's basically how it is. And, and you can try to be conservative as you, I mean, if I keep my entire life savings in, in, in cash in the bank, I'm not an idiot for doing that. I'm an idiot because I believe that the banks are, it's actually going to be there. But 250 grand, if I live my life correctly and off of interest and whatever else and whatever I was still earning, if I just live within my means, then I am not an idiot. I'm actually a responsible citizen. But this whole idea that, you know, you can, you can never have enough money, you have to keep putting it out there, is because our economy is a fucking Ponzi scheme. That's why. And if people start pulling out and they stop playing the fucking game, the whole thing collapses. So I would look up on that. All right. Woodrow Wilson's letter of regret, the Federal Reserve, all of that type of shit, how the Federal Reserve is actually a private bank, uh, a private corporation. I mean, I went down that rabbit hole. I'm, I'm done with it because nobody gives a fuck. And this, we're all tied into the lie. But like, you know, um, I don't know. This is something that you want to do. So I don't want to shit all over it. But, you know, if you read up on it, you know, I, I've actually sat in banks talking to people, talking about how fucked up it is. And they get this look on their face. They're like, yeah, I know. I know. And I'm like, so what are you going to do? Are you doing gold coins? They're like, yeah, I do a little bit of that. They're even hedging their bets. But I just look at it like, you know, by the time this person figured out what they were getting involved in, they already had a major in that and fucking college loans and they were already running on the wheel. But I might be wrong. I could be wrong about all this. I hope I am. I hope banks are the way that you said they are. Has not been my experience from the little that I know. Uh, My girlfriend is racist against me. Hi, Bill. I've been dating uh, this girl for a year. She is Asian American. I am half Caucasian and half Hispanic, but I look white. Uh, she was telling me it's funny that I'm half Hispanic because her Hispanic friend objected to her dating me when I thought I was just white. Uh, normally I wouldn't let this bother me because part of me gets it. All people of color have experienced some sort of racism from white people. Um, the conversation made me uncomfortable and she must've picked up on it because she started defending her friend. All right. You said, normally I wouldn't let this bother me because I get it. All right, but it did, it did bother you because I guess you like this girl and she's saying this shit. She began bashing white people and explaining to me that I'm one of the good ones. Um, I come from a liberal mixed family. <clears throat> I said that even though I get it, I still don't think that sh- they should assume I'm conservative racist just because I'm white. She began to lecture me about white privilege and how racism against whites isn't the same as racism against people of color, which I agree with, but does that make it okay? I will never truly understand. They're basically arguing because they're not in a position of power where their racism can affect you getting a job or not getting a job. It can't affect you if you're walking in a park at night and they decide to jump you. But other than that, white racism as the theory goes and is presented holds way more power because they can actually end your fucking dreams. Um, which I love when white people then ex- try to explain to people who aren't white that that's not the case. Let me explain your experience. Um, although people who aren't white explain white people to white people. It's just what people do. Everybody knows everything. I think you haven't, you learned that in the pandemic. Somebody said it to me the other day. It was like the amount of people without medical degrees telling me how to avoid getting the coronavirus 
we're all full of shit, okay? And I am too. I yelled at a smoke. I called a smoke detector a cunt, people. All right. I will never truly understand their experiences. I know that. But at what point are they being hypocritical? Um, fair question. I, I understand that. I understand that. I've been in this situation. Uh, it made me think of when Dorothy lands in Oz and they want to know if she's a bad witch or a good witch. And she's like, I'm not a wish, witch. I'm just a kid from Kansas. Uh, this isn't the first time I've had to establish that. I'm one of the good ones. I assume you and Nia have been through the same thing. Oh, we fucking argue all the time about shit like this. It's actually, uh, it could be a show. Like we have, and then in the end, I, I usually end up like being able to explain myself in a way that she understands and she's able to explain her way in a way that she understands. Um, this is basically the deal. As long as me and my wife don't watch the news, we get along great. <laughs> Um, do I just keep trying to prove that I'm one of the good ones? No. Do I call her out on her hypocrisy? Both. Do I let it go? I don't know any. Well, what I usually say when people do that, it's like, you know, I just go, you know, you sound like a white person. Um, and then I also tell them when they try to hit me with that, this white people are just inherently evil. It's like, no, what you're seeing is any race of people with unchecked power. That's what happens is eventually, you know, I don't know what it is. Uh, it is a fascinating thing where I feel like people that crave power and then their psychological makeup is an interesting thing because, um, I don't know, most people I know that are cool are not into wanting to control shit and people who aren't Controlling people are not cool to be around. Um, but then having said that, somebody has to lead the herd. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I get this weird point in my life where I, I just really, I don't know, fucking know anything anymore. Um, he says, I don't know anymore. I don't want to be one of those white people trying to act like they're equally victimized. No, you never want to do that. That's a bad look because of their skin color. Like, yeah, it's a double standard. Yeah, mine is getting choked to death by a cop. Uh, other than that, yeah, exactly. Minus the slavery and all of that bullshit and all the fucking shit that's actually in your head that you don't even fucking address to other people. Other than that, yeah, it's the exact same fucking experience. Um, yeah, but having said that, there's only so much of that horse shit that you can fucking listen to. You know what I mean? That's like when I listen, like when white female comics start fucking complaining. You know, about how different you can listen to it. You're like, okay, I get it. I get it to a fucking point. Um, and then it just gets to the point of being like, you know, not for nothing. You're kind of further in your career than I was when I was at your, you know, when I was doing it for five years. So, I mean, I think the fact that you are a woman makes you stand out. It's actually kind of helping you more than it's hurting you. Am I crazy here? Um, but I know that that's not how white, it works with white women. White women are the victim's victim. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me fucking started with that shit. I had a great bit back in the day when I did stand up about how white women, how they fucking, just incredibly, how they sidestepped their own white privilege and just dumped it all on white guys. Fucking unbelievable. Stroke of genius. Um, and then stuck themselves at the front of the line. As far as, you know, people speaking out about being oppressed, it's, it was amazing. All right, and with that, I'll stop doing parts of my act that I can't even remember anymore. 
Um, all right. How music got ruined in the 2000s? Uh, yo, Billy Research, a few months ago, you talked about a video of uh, Rick Beato. Beato? He had that video about drums and how they were edited to be perfect, and most songs are recorded with the click track while highlighting the genius of Bonham's drumming. Yeah, it was a great video. Um, anyways, he just put out a video and talks about producing music in the 2000s, how A&R guys would sign anyone with a decent lead singer paying less attention to the band. He talks about how he played on a lot of tracks when a band member couldn't. Uh, thinking back, I hadn't realized how bad those bands were. Lots of new metal, as the genre was called. Uh, he's got a great channel and educates on music a lot. Um, yeah, I'll have to check that out. But as far as my understanding... You know, there's a lot of people, especially in pop music, there was a whole, there was that whole group of musicians out here. They did a documentary on it, The Wrecking Crew. And I particularly remember the the woman that played bass. And um, she just like, I mean, she, like 200 number one hits or something she played on, something fucking insane. And they would come up and they would have like basically these chord progressions. And then this, these studio musicians would fix them. And they didn't get any songwriting credit, of course, because I, I could tell by the houses that they lived in when they were sitting there, um, you know, telling their stories. They all had very like modest fucking houses. And whenever you go to the fucking, you know, the executive of the record label. He's got like the infinity pool in the background, you know, the Botox wife. Um, I saw somebody the other day in the grocery store with the whole Botox face. And it, it's literally like, uh, it looks like my passport picture, which I should show you guys. I have like, when they took the picture, the shine off of my head ended up fucking with my passport picture where it looks like there's a chunk of my head missing. And I, I, I got to take it to the city hall. Just like, this is okay. Like I, I'm going to like, travel to do stand-up and god knows where some other country i'm going to give them this and they're going to be all right with this and then i got this passport id and where they just like hyper zoomed in on my face where you can see basically from my eyebrows down to just below my bottom lip and you can't see the rest of my head i'm like this looks like it doesn't even fit um i was gonna go over there i just i just don't have the time well i you know what happened the pandemic happened so anyway that's plowhead speaking of uh of drums and that shit. I actually sat down yesterday, the first time since my uh, wonderful son was born, and I played a little bit of drums, and it was the first time I just sat down and played and wasn't trying to do that Bonham lick or whatever the fuck I was trying to figure out. I had, I had, it was the best I played since the pandemic started, and I was like, I'm going to learn how to do this and this, you know? And it was the most fun I had. I came out of my little drum room, like just fucking T-shirt soaking wet. I just, I had a fucking blast and my bass drum foot was faster than it ever been because i just completely didn't give a fuck and uh i was just playing along to fucking everything and then i always you know when i do like try to get back at warming up trying to get back into shape i i always end up going to guns and roses appetite for destruction i play the whole first side and uh I just, I don't, every time I listen to it, I hear another little thing that Steven Adler did. A little hi-hat, little quick little bark thing, or, or 
something that he'll do like on the ride symbol, like on the bell, just one little tasty, another little tasty thing that he did. Or or maybe understand like his drums within the whole composition of the song more. And like, why? Like, how did he come up with that part? He's just, just a fucking genius, man. Um, anyways, Deep Cuts. This is one of my favorite things that we've ever done here on the podcast. And I've been looking up all these songs. He's been great, great, great suggestions here. All right. Um, all right. Hey, oh, Billy B-Side. Wanted to let you know about these awesome but not often talked about tracks in case you don't really know of them. I'm sure I don't. There's so much great music out there. It's, there's no way to know all of it, obviously. All right. Black Sabbath, Johnny Blade. Was this when Ronnie James was in the band? Uh, this, it, this song is from their last album with Ozzy. All right, there's the answer. In 1978, it never gets the attention it deserves. I already like the name of it. It begins with a long-winded synth intro, but then Bill Ward starts rolling along with a riff on his snare. Ozzy comes in and starts singing about a knife-wielding character that could have been in a Scorsese, Scorsese movie. Uh, they go through two courses before they break it down at 228 into one of the best and heaviest riffs Tom, Tom, Tony Iommi ever wrote. And Bill Ward plays a huge Bonham-esque beat to it. Uh, if you put this part on during a, a circus, the elephants would start stomping the shit to pieces. The song picks up tempo again, and the last minute and a half is ep- an epic guitar solo that Tony Iommi takes all over the place. All right, I'm in on that. Genesis. Behind the lines. When Genesis was still straddling the line between prog and pop, they put out the Duke album in 1980. The song starts it, this song starts it off, Behind the Lines. And right out of the gate, it's a showcase of how, um, for how amazing of a drummer Phil Collins is. Oh, he's one of the greatest drummers ever. Um, doesn't get the credit because people look at him like a front man. Um, the drums have a huge clear sound and they drive the song along with the prominent synth riff in the forefront. If you pay close, close attention, you hear Phil doing what's some really invented, some really interesting one-headed fills on the toms while he's working the ride. And as always, he's throwing in accents and things nobody else would have ever thought to do uh, that show why he's one of the greatest drummers of all time. It's incredibly fun to play along to. Uh, I think I'm going to go right to fucking iTunes here and download this shit. Um, lastly, but not leastly, yes, going for the one. I wouldn't know where to begin describing what kind of music this song is, but it's so amazing. Maybe prog rock honky-tonk? I'm not going to lie to you. That sounds horrific, but I'll listen to it. I've never heard anything like it. Every instrument is played to such a high level of skill, but not in a look-at-me-shred-a-thousand-notes kind of way. Guitarist Steve Howe takes his pedal, his pedal steel, for a, steel pedal, I think is what you meant to say, for a crazy ride, while bassist Chris Squire sounds like he's going up and down stairs with his note. Alan, it sounds like a, literally a music uh, critic wrote this. Alan White on the drums is driving the whole thing, and Rick uh, Wakeman's synths and piano adds so much on top of it all. John Anderson's high, nutless voice is an acquired taste, but he sings so powerfully and chooses such cool melodies that win you over. The song builds with intensity until it's almost too much, but then suddenly it breaks open with the with goosebump inducing key chains uh, key chain as they sing love over and over again. But it's like um, you were on a rocket blasting through space and suddenly burst through a stormy atmosphere to arrive at a utopian planet. Well worth the ride. Anyway, check them out when you get a chance. 
and sincere congratulations on your baby boy. Oh, thank you so much. Um, all right, we're going a little heavy. These deep cuts, I'm loving about these. We're, we're going really heavy with the rock, uh, specifically the white rock. Anybody got like deep cuts on any sort of rap, any black music, country music, whatever you got? Anybody over there in Asia or in Europe, whatever you got, let me know. Let me know. Um, all right, that's going to be the podcast here. Um, stop watching the news. Get off social media unless you're, you know, promoting the movie and the, the, the cartoon I have coming out this week because it's all about me, people. It's not about defending 13-year-olds hanging up leaflets in a park. It's not about that. It's not about portly fucking 60-year-old bike riders. Those dumb fucking shoes. Why, why do you need those shoes? Can I look that up before I sign off here? I just... What, the, what is the advantage of those stupid bike shoes? Your feet don't slip out of the fucking pedals. It's like, how fast are you pedaling? Why don't you fucking go into a higher gear, you dumb cunt? Why are bike racing shoes uh, connected to pedals? Modern cycling is designed to work with the clipless pedal system. Um, such system temporarily connect the shoe and the pedal like a ski binding. Ba 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 ba. Do you need special pedals? This is what I really was at. Pedal compatibility. Why do you need these? Does it really? Okay, clipless bike shoes. Do they make you go faster? Clipless bike shoes. Necessary or stupid. Okay, clipless pedals, really required? I mean, really? All right, here we go. This is, this is the tone I was looking for. Uh, I use flat pedals, always have. I am extremely fit and am confident that even on a light hybrid commuter, I can beat the most amateurs. All right, this guy's talking shit right out of the gate. Not to sound like a jerk, that's just how it seems. I have a racer, full carbon, uh, only had it a month. I hear somebody... Some people say there's no point of a road bike without clipless, which I think is a stupid comment as it doesn't make sense. I can get I can get the point where efficiency can be lost, but it does not necessarily mean surely that my ride speed power, etc., will be less than other people. A ride is more complicated than pedals, and my understanding of athletics events is that generally about 70% is metal and the rest is physics, is physical. Oh, mental, sorry. All right, this person says they make a huge difference in simple terms. You can apply more power more, more of the time, essential to your whipping motion on the bottom of the stroke. Oh, so I see. So when the pedal's coming back up, there's that moment where your foot would come off the pedal. This keeps it on it more. So you're actually, and you're actually able to pull it up. You know what? That makes sense. Look at that. I stand corrected. So God bless that 60-year-old assaulting those children. <laughs> oh, what a world. All right, everybody, go fuck yourselves. Have a great couple of days, and I'll check in on you on Thursday. Don't forget, June 12th, I need you guys. Seriously, not fucking around. Please watch uh, The King of Staten Island and season four of F is for Family. All right, that's it. I'll see you.